What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 12 of Family Ties. This episode is titled, My Mother, My Friend, and it originally aired on December 18th, 1986. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hey, Phil, we're still in 1986. We're at Christmas time. That's right. Just right before Christmas, we did get a little, like, holiday talk, but it was definitely not like a Christmas episode. No, definitely not a Christmas episode. Have they ever done... I'm, like... I'm going back in my head in the seasons, and I don't remember them ever celebrating like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas or anything. Well, there was like I want to say first season there was kind of a Christmassy episode. They did it as like a flashback. Oh, they were celebrating Christmas and they were th- talking about like different Christmases with the kids. That's the one thing I'm missing besides another clip show. It's a Christmas special. It's not like now every show always does a Halloween episode. You've always got a Christmas episode. You know, usually like a Valentine's and an Easter. You know, there's always like these special things. But back then... And we're just missing those. We just don't get them on this show. Well, this one was pretty special, though. Oh, you know what? Okay, so I went all the way back to December 15th, 1982. Episode 11 is titled A Christmas Story. Aha! And And that's uh, the one where they tell the stories of like each kid. Like a special Christmas memory with them. Yeah. Exactly. A blizzard forces the Keatons to spend Christmas at home. Elise's gift to Steven is an album filled with fascinating old photos. And it sparks flashbacks to the birth of their three children. That's it. It would have been a flashback, like a a clip show, except it was the first season. So they didn't have anything to clip back to yet. And it was episode 11, so it would have been really weird. There wasn't a lot of material to pull from. (laughs) Flashback uh, to episode two. (laughs) Sha-la-la-la! Well, before we do get into this episode, I would like to remind our listeners that we do have an email address that we'd love to hear from you at. It's... Alex P. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com. And also don't forget about our Facebook page and our Facebook group, a group for the friends of the Alex P. Keaton is my friend podcast. Well said, sir. Yes. I'm practicing to get it just right this time. Oh, that's so smart. If I was yeah. smart, I would have had it like brought up and ready to go. So in case you tried to throw it to me and, you know, I would have uh, bobbled my way through it and I would have had it right there. Even if it's written in front of you, it can be difficult to say. Oh, well, (laughs) English is difficult for me, so. (laughs) We all have our challenges. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. Hey, speaking of English, our friend Julia in Germany, it's uh, Oktoberfest. I wonder why they call it Oktoberfest in September, though. I don't know. Is it only the month of October? I don't know, but why would it be Oktoberfest, but they celebrate it like it started, I want to say, today. Maybe October refers to, like, the season. Well, they haven't changed seasons, though. Maybe not, like, season season, but the season of going to beer gardens a lot. Oh, okay. It is prime season for that. (laughs) Yeah. We still need to get to that German restaurant locally here. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I love that place so much. Shout out, George's. George's. We're coming. Eventually. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, 
According to um, Google, it says that Oktoberfest is in September because September nights are warmer and the visitors were able to enjoy the gardens outside the tents and stroll over Dyweisen or the fields much longer without feeling chilly. Historically, the last Oktoberfest weekend uh, was in October and this tradition continues into present times. So it goes through September and it finishes in early October. So it's nice and uh, warm outside. So they should have called it Septoberfest. Yes, yes. <laughs> or October. <laughs> oh, I love the Burr months. I'm excited for Burr. Me too. Yeah. It's been too warm. Oh, it ends the first Sunday in October, so it starts mid-September and runs for 16 days. This also says it started in Munich. I'm not sure that that's true, though. Sounds good to me. I know that's a place in Germany. Oh, so, so far so good. We got a fighting chance. <laughs> and again, we've already digressed. We have more of a fighting chance than Mallory did of hanging out with her mom during this episode. Oh, that was so sad. Sha-la-la-la. Well, I believe it is your turn to tell us what happened in this episode. Well, I would love to tell you what happened. So our B storyline is Alex and uh, the rest of the family besides Mallory and Elise, actually. She never played uh, playing Scrabble. And the A storyline is Mallory made a friend at Grant College named Allison. And they were friends because their last names both start with the letter K. And so, uh, in Alex's words, it was an unbreakable bond. And so, now they're going to be best (laughs) friends forever. But I think we'll probably get more information on that here in just a little bit. So, we start off in the Keaton living room, which I feel like it's been a while since we've been in the living room. We have Alex and Jen playing Scrabble, and Steven is just kind of in the room. He's not really paying attention. He's reading a paper, but he did get a haircut. It was high and tight, so he was looking pretty sharp there. (laughs) Speaking of high hair, Jennifer's hair was quite high as well. Oh, well, Heidi goes, hey, wait a minute. Since when did Jennifer get, like, all fashionista on us? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she had, like, bows and all kinds of stuff on her clothes. And, yeah, she was, uh, her hair was real tall. Big bangs. Yeah, big bangs indeed. (laughs) So uh, Alex and Jen are having kind of a fight about uh, Jen forfeiting her turn. And Alex is saying, Keaton's don't do that. So then he, you know, appeals to his dad. He's like, dad, you know, you got to help. And so Steven's like, oh, okay, well, why don't I just jump in and play with you? And then apparently that's when we find out that Steven has a problem with with Scrabble. He's missed work. He uh, has high blood pressure because of it. <laughs> he has all kinds of issues when he plays Scrabble. So everybody's trying to shut that down real quick. And then at that point, uh, Elise walks in the room and she finds out Steven's going to play and says, oh, no, that's not a good idea. You know, you can't miss work again like you did that last time. <laughs> Which, by the way, I miss Steven going to work because I miss Gus. We have not had a TV studio episode in a while. No, and we haven't had Nick. I mean, we're we barely had Skippy for a hot minute. I mean, I just we're falling apart. Falling apart, I tell you. But Mallory comes in and she says she's got a friend coming over to study and Alex is still trying to get her to play and she's not going to do it cuz she needs to study and Alex of course is making uh, witty quips about how is she really studying and <laughs> you know this Grant College thing, you know, he ha- of course has to dig on Grant College. So 
Hopefully there's not a real Grant College that was kind of bummed out that uh, they were mocking Grant College so much. Well, there's not one in, in Ohio anyway. We found no. that much out. Mallory's friend comes in and she makes introduction with everybody and we find out that she's an architect student. So Elise, of course, you know, is super excited about that. They talk about the textbook and then Mallory and Allison decide that they're going to go in the other room. They're going to start studying. And (laughs) my favorite part of this whole episode is she just, Allison, very casually looks over and she goes, oh, you could use the word xenophobia and that would have been a triple point (laughs) score and blah, 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 and 69 points. And Alex's look on his face is so perfect. (laughs) So then we see that we go into the kitchen and Alex and Steven are playing Scrabble now and Jen's watching and they're making up words using all the weird old letters and odd letters and <laughs> Z's and three U's. <laughs> I'm sure. Did you write down the words that uh, Steve oh, made I, I wrote down all the words. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> yeah, Steven's word was Zoquo, X-O-Q-U-O, and he claimed it was a Greek word for water sports. <laughs> and then uh, what was Alex's, like, Ushna or something? Ushnu, yes. <laughs> and it. he said it's a Greek word for to towel off. <laughs> so after he zoquos, he likes to Ushnu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then even Andy made up a word. So that was perfect. So meanwhile, uh, Allison and Elise, which that's kind of hard for me to say when I look at Allison and Elise. So I know what you mean about reading. You know, it's difficult. <laughs> it is. They're coming back from uh, uh, the museum and Mallory kind of feels left out in the whole thing. She's like, you know, oh, man, she's kind of my friend, but she's hanging out with my mom a bunch. And she feels a little bit guilty, it seems like, that she feels mad about her mom being you know hanging out with her friend but she doesn't love being left out of everything and she doesn't like that they're spending all the time together she's kind of jealous meanwhile we go back to the scrabble again so like you said i mean this is a hefty b story because we flash back to scrabble like it's two minutes on mallory and then two (laughs) minutes on scrabble so there's a lot of Scrabble action in this episode. So much Scrabble. I mean, I hope uh, Scrabble paid for it. Uh, Alec, that's when Alex is playing with Andy, and Jen comes in and goes, oh my gosh, for the love of all things holy, you know, get him out of here. So, and that's when uh, Andy was making up, oh gosh, what was his word? Nick's move, N-X-M-U-V. <laughs> yeah, Nick's move, which is kind of funny because, you know, Alex uh, challenges him on it and Andy hands him the dictionary and goes, look it up. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> <laughs> he came across like, you know, I was like, oh, man, is it really in the dictionary? That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> it is a, a I don't word. think it is. No. I didn't find it when I did just a cursory search. So Jen takes him away and Alex is kind of bummed because now he doesn't have anybody left to play with. And that's when Mallory comes in and she talks to Alex and she kind of tells him what's going on, what her thoughts and feelings are. And of course, you know, Alex just makes light of it. And Mallory's like, oh, never mind. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then Alex is like, no, no, you know, I'm here. Let's help. And then that's when he tells her that, well, look, you and mom don't have a lot in common anymore. So it's not going to be uncommon that you're not going to talk about things anymore. You're never going to be close like you used to be. And I think that just played into her mind the whole time because... You know, later we have this big blow up, and I think that was probably <laughs> Alex, of course, is the one who uh, set her off. So, feeding that fire there. Yep. We get Elise and Allison come in, and we find out that Allison got an A on a paper, and it's the paper that she wrote about Elise being a woman architect. And so, Stephen's like, oh, hey, you know, let's go to dinner and let's celebrate. And, you know, of course, they want to celebrate Allison, which is kind of weird because, you know, 
I mean, how long have they known her now? Like three, four, five days? <laughs> They're like, let's go celebrate her grades. Elise is like, oh, we can't. You know, we're having this meeting and, you know, I volunteered our house for it. So the meeting is really just a bunch of girls that were Mallory's friends, but they're all like in the architect club or whatnot, right? It was a sorority party. Oh, it was a sorority party. Okay. Yeah. You know, Elise just really is going hog wild. I mean, she's doing the, oh gosh, I wrote the name of the dance down. The slam spin? Slam spin dance. The greatest dance moves ever (laughs) from the entire 80s? (laughs) Yeah. And the music seemed like it was going to be something, so I can't wait till we talk about that. Oh, we will. We've got that ready. Oh, perfect. The girls are all there, and they're talking to Elise, and they're asking her, like, you know, what's it like to be a woman who works and balances a family? And so Elise gives a beautiful answer about it. So then Mallory pipes up, and she's like, well, I would like to ask a question as well. And then her question is kind of like, you know, like, how does it feel to not do the job that you really have by being a mom? And so Elise is like, oh, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? And so Mallory says it like two or three times. And then finally, she just yells like really loud. She's like, these are all my friends and you're spending all the time with them and it's not right. And then she just (laughs) she pushes her way through the crowd of girls and then she goes out the door. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really awkward because that doesn't go away the next day. It's kind of weird that it's a college tantrum, too. Like, this is something you expect, like, a junior high kid to do, you know? Yeah, like Jennifer. That would be appropriate for Jennifer. Right. Mallory should be able to tell her mom, like, hey, what's up? Like, you're crazy. Stop hanging out with my <laughs> <Right>. friends. <laughs> go do something else. Go go be with people your own age. But, of course, that's when Alex decides to come back out, and he's wearing his full suit and uh, the little apron and he's like oh crap ups ladies and <laughs> get them all you can <laughs> and it's dead silence and he's like oh what no it was kind of funny when he's walking through the tray is the only thing you could see over the tops of the girls heads you couldn't really see him until you know just the tray because he's so short yeah. yeah until he got to the front of the crowd there so mallet's gone dead silence we go to the kitchen now and at this point we see steven he's like making food or doing something you know, obviously it's got to be sandwiches and Alex comes back in and he's talking to his dad and he's like, Oh, you know, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I was hoping you were going to be Mallory, but I'm just making sandwiches for Andy and for Jennifer for school tomorrow. And, you know, so they have a little bit of a chat and Steven puts an apple in their lunches and (laughs) Alex goes, Oh man, you know, we ditched the fruit dad. And Steven goes, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we always go for the cookies first and then the drink. And then the sandwich, if you have to, but the fruit just gets dumped. And Stephen <laughs> said the greatest line. He's like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, as a father, it's my duty to add a piece of fruit to every lunch. Right. <laughs> and I thought to myself, this morning, what did I do? I put grapes in the girls' uh, snacks. So You have to. You have to. I mean, it's, you know, if it's a good day, then maybe it's a fruit roll-up. So that way it's a fun fruit. Right. <laughs> 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 A fruit leather. <laughs> yeah, or a fruit-flavored Go-Gurt, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, now that we're getting into the colder weather, the Go-Gurt uh, will stay frozen until it's snack yeah, oh, time. Yeah. So yeah, we're about ready to start using those again. So Stephen and Alex, you know, they end up walking out, and they that's when Elise comes in, and she looks out the door, and, of course, no Mallory yet. And then she goes over to the, the fridge, and then, of course, that's when Mallory walks in. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, you didn't see her walking up in the... Uh, 
<laughs> 1.2 seconds uh, it's been since she opened the door and looked outside. But she must have been hiding around the corner or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, she popped up behind a bush or something. They end up having a conversation. Elise apologizes, said that she never really caught, you know, Mallory was feeling resentful. And Mallory's like, no, I overreacted. I should have just had a conversation with you about it. I was just afraid that, you know, you liked her more than me because you guys had so much more in common. And then Elise said one of the worst things I think I've ever heard a parent say before and she just talked about the same problem that we all have as parents is that at some point your kids leave and then you see each other less frequently. And sometimes if they move away, you may not see each other unless it's a holiday kind of thing. And then you're catching up with all the kids. And so maybe you only get a couple hours to talk to each other. And that's not to say you wouldn't have a phone call or text message or anything else. But I thought, man, that's so like deep and dark. It was. It was devastating. And Elise uh, says, you know, and at that point, I would hate for us to only have a couple of hours to even talk to each other, and then there wouldn't be anything to say. And then Mallory grabs her hand and says, oh, I can never see that happening, Mom. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Phew. So they end up uh, deciding <laughs> to go upstairs. And this is after midnight, mind you. And they're going to talk. And they turn off the light. Well, the next thing you know, the light turns back on and you got Steven and Alex both, you know, in their robes and they've got, <laughs> which they changed really quick, thankfully. So uh, they got their dictionaries, they've got notepads and paper and pens, and they're ready to have that final game. And we get a freeze frame. That's it. So we ended with our B story after our A story was happily resolved. Sha la la la! Now, that entrance into the kitchen kind of confirms to me a little bit about the geography of Ooh. the house. Because they obviously, you know, mm -hmm. were sneaking in there. And they came in the one door and Elise and Mallory went out the other. Which means that their that dining room's got to be off that other way so that they could walk through there and not yep. run into each other. So, I think we've established a little bit of what it looks like. There's still a little bit of confusion about how the dining room connects to the living room. Yeah, because I don't know like where it is when you're in conjunction in the living room. And obviously, is there a second stairway? Is there only the one stairway? So you have to come down the main stairs, and then you get the feeling like it's got to be in that back entrance. Like maybe there's two doors, one that goes directly to the kitchen, and then one that goes into the dining room, and then maybe around the back by the pantry kind of thing. Yeah, but we only ever see one door from the living room side. But is there a chance there's another door back there somewhere and we just don't see it? Could be. Maybe it's under the stairs. Yeah, or there could be, like you said, a back stairway or something that connects over there. But I think to myself, like, how many houses have multiple stairways in them? Just like your regular two-story houses. When I was growing up, our house had two stairs. One in the back, one in the front. It was not a mansion, but the one in the back was not up to code. It was just like someone, before we moved in, someone had just kind of built their own stairway over there. Oh, okay. And when we had like a big earthquake when I was in junior high, the whole side of the house kind of fell apart and those stairs were never rebuilt because they were not you know, up to code. You know, So when insurance stepped in to repair stuff, those went away. But we did, for a long time, have two stairs. Your parents had earthquake insurance? Yeah. Oh, snap. Do they still have it? Do you have it? Uh, that's a good question. I should ask Janelle that. <laughs> Janelle, since we're listening, we should, I don't know, probably get that, I guess. We do live right by a major fault, you know? Yeah, but it's so expensive. 
Well, they like rebuilt our house because we had it. Oh, thank goodness they did. Our regular insurance is like over four thousand a year. So to add yeah, another couple cheap. of thousand, I'm like, no, thank you. I'm hoping that the earthquake is bad enough that when the federal government steps in, maybe they'll do something. <laughs> <laughs> you're banking on that FEMA money, is what you're saying? I'm hoping. I'm hoping for that sweet, sweet FEMA money. That's awesome. No idea what way we got to this conversation out of Family Ties, but <laughs> we got there nevertheless. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about second staircases. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. See? Yeah. There you go. So we're still on Family Ties. We're on track. Sha-la-la-la. Well, let's look at guest stars. We have three credited guest stars. Oh, okay. We'll go for the most obvious one first because she is the first one credited. Allison King, uh, Mallory's friend from college. Yeah, the Unbreakable Bond, Friends for Life. Mallory's hoping that that's the case, but I think her tantrum may have thrown it off a bit there. Uh-oh. So, Allison King, played by Robin Morse, is the actress. And Robin Morse has 17 acting credits, most recently in 2015. So, she's, oh. you know, somewhat recently been acting. A lot of, like, one-offs on TV shows, like Blue Bloods, Law & Order, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, stuff like that. She was in a couple of 90s movies, The Pallbearer and First Wives Club, a few episodes of 30-something but the biggest thing she did, actually, from 1987 to 89, she was in 56 episodes of As the World Turns, which is a soap opera. Okay, I was just going to say, that's a soap opera, right? Yeah, so that's probably her biggest thing outside of Family Ties. This was her only appearance on Family Ties. Wait, what? So she just, her lifelong friend with Mallory... I mean, I guess after that tantrum, you know. Oh yeah, she didn't well, have anything to do with her, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were in different. <laughs> they were in different. What's the word I'm looking for, Phil? Different worlds, realms of maturity. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that too, actually. <laughs> but in architect, and then Mallory's going for fashion. I mean, I feel oh, like majors, majors. Yeah, thank you. I just feel like there's not a lot of crossover on that one. It's pretty far apart. Although Mallory did try to adapt her fashion <laughs> mantra, or I don't know what you call that, like their slogan for fashion into the, <laughs> apparently the thing that everyone in architecture memorizes. Oh, yeah. When Stephen and, Al- I mean Stephen, when Elise and Allison said it together, they were yeah. like, oh, and then Mallory's all, <laughs> what was she doing? The uh, Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Liberty and Justice for All. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she makes up a new one uh, for fashion after that. That was great. So I guess they just really don't have much in common, but she's not her mom, so she doesn't have to see her again later. Hmm. So then after Allison, we have two other girls that were in the sorority, and there's a couple of them that had lines, you know, these are the girls that were teaching Elise how to dance, and had a couple of lines here and there. So one of them was named Becky, and I'm not sure which one was which, but Becky was played by an actress named Allison Rice. Oh, how funny. Allison. Allison. Oh, yeah. Allison King. Spelled differently, though. Oh, yeah. So I didn't notice it. But yes, Allison and Allison. So Allison Rice has uh, just seven acting credits. The most recent was in 2019. So oh. kind of spread out over time. Yeah. TV appearances, like a TV show called Time Cop. 
a movie I've never heard of called Everyday Miracles, and an episode of All My Children. But her biggest claim to fame is she was in 93 episodes of As the World Turns. Wait a minute. Yes. Wow, okay. She got a few more episodes than uh, our first friend. So for some reason, they pulled from the same... Although, see, she was in it from 1990... To 1997. Was there an overlap there? So that was after this. So maybe the producers of that show watched this episode and really liked the sorority girls in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I they suppose. did. <laughs> yeah, okay, but so the other girl was in it from 87 to 89, so I don't even know if they overlapped or not. Hmm. I mean, according to this, they did not. So, Interesting. Hum, hum hum. But anyway, kind of funny that two of them. We're in a lot of episodes of As the World Turns. Yeah, that is actually really coincidental. This is her only episode of Family Ties, though. And incidentally, Family Ties was the first ever acting credit she's got. So, Oh, okay. Nice. Yet again. All right. And then finally, we have another of the sorority girls that was there at the party. Her name was Simone and played by an actress named Marietta DePrima. She has got 20 acting credits, her most recent being in 2017. She was in the movie Lady Bird with uh, Saoirse Ronan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. I actually watched that in the theater during my 30-day movie pass challenge on Mandarin Orange Show. Oh, nice. One of the movies I saw. Oh, I heard about your new one, too. Your new challenge for November. I'm excited. Oh, yes. It's going to be big. I'm actually, that's what I need to write in about because I have a complaint. What's your complaint? So, so people know I'm doing a 30-day challenge in November on Mandarin Orange Show where I do a live stream every day for 30 days. What is your complaint? My complaint is, where is the cookbook? We're coming up in spooky season, and Vincent Price's cookbook is just wasting away on your counter or mm. shelf or whatnot. This is true. When on the kitchen table right now, actually. Well, I think that in in October you should make one episode, uh, one episode, one recipe a week from Vincent Price's cookbook again. If you write it in, it will happen. I'm gonna have to. Write, I better write a note because otherwise I'll forget. I'm 100 years old now, and I write notes. <laughs> If Janelle hears it on here, that may help spur us on. But if you write it in, we have to do it. Oh, I love it. Because you said that some... Well, I mean, a lot of the recipes I know were fishy and weird, and you guys weren't interested in those. I get that. But maybe, like, is there, like, an appetizer or hors d'oeuvre that you can make? There's lots and lots of them, and there's more good ones. And delicious fishy soups? I mean... (laughs) Well, some of those Janelle's not going to have happen in our house, but... (laughs) But I loved hearing you guys talk about that. We will definitely do it. Okay, I will confess, too. Sometime, I guess it was was last October, so it's been a while, we actually got the ingredients for one of the recipes in there. Oh, really? And we did, and we, like, planned to do it, and then we kind of put it off a bit, and then we wound up, like, I don't know, orange juice was one of the ingredients, and we wound up drinking the orange juice, (laughs) and then we just kind of... Used the stuff and kind of forgot about it. So Well, that makes sense. We did plan to do it, and then we just didn't actually get around to it. So I have the next one picked out. We just have to get the ingredients again. Okay. All right. Well, I just made a note, so and I set it up, so I'll remember to write, write in tomorrow. All right. You'll probably record again before this episode comes out, and she'll hear it. So she's going to hear it twice. Sorry, Janelle. That's okay. <laughs> it's all the reminders we can get. Mm-hmm. Well, during that 30-day 
live stream challenge. At some point, we got to do an Alex P. Keaton is my friend live stream of some sort. Oh, so okay. We have done, we did at least one before, right? No, I don't think we've ever done a live stream. Well, we had you, maybe we just had you on Al- on Mandarin Orange Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that. Well, we'll figure something. We could do it on our page. Maybe we'll do it on what? our Facebook page. Oh, that, all right. All right. A live episode, a live stream episode of Alex Behead is my friend. Oh my it's gosh. happening November. That sounds like a terrible idea, Phil, because you have to edit to where I don't sound terrible all the time. We're going to have to just be <laughs> extra prepared. All right. I guess I'm going to do my best. <laughs> we can do it. I believe in us. <laughs> you can do it. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So back to our guest stars, Marietta DePrima, who played Simone. 20 acting credits, lots of stuff like one-off things, Diagnosis Murder, Boston Legal, Party of Five, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, etc., etc., Matlock. But the biggest thing that she was in outside of all these one-off things is she was in 64 episodes of a show called it's The Hughleys or The Hugelies. Oh, yeah, The Hughleys. Hughleys. I never watched it, so I don't know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. how to say it. Yeah, so DL she was Hughley. in 89 episodes, yeah. actually, as Sally Rogers. Oh, I never watched the show, but I've heard of it, and it was a comedian. So, D.L. Hewley. Yeah, D.L. Hewley. Yeah. I just didn't know how you say his last name. Yep. Interesting. So, she was on, like, another recurring thing, but this is her only episode of Family Ties. Oh, well, I mean, Mallory, this is probably her second year of college now, right? Yeah, so... I, mean, I think she's just burned all her bridges with the sorority. She's going to have to find a new sorority. <laughs> she's going to have to find a different college besides Leland and Grant to go to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's going to be skippy when it comes to the uh, sorority house. Because <laughs> <laughs> sororities talk. Oh, they do. They do. There's chapters. Sha-la-la-la. Another thing that you mentioned was the song that they danced to. Oh. Like we said, this dance, the... Uh, the slam spin, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Janelle said that that was never an actual dance that was ever popular. She's never seen that <laughs> as an actual dance. So I don't know where that came from. Did you recognize that at all, the slam spin? Okay, so I went on a Google deep dive, and it's kind of familiar looking. It's an early 80s dance, I would say, at best, though. Like, it's really new wavy and poppy, and so, like, you know... When Elise and the girls were kind of going back and forth, you know, kind of thing, like going from yeah. one side of the room to the other and they would pass each other. I don't remember anything like that, but I feel like it's very pop, new wavy, like early 80s, 82, 83, maybe 84. There might have been a little bit of a holdover and maybe Ohio's a little bit slow because, you know, on the coast, it's more popular first. And then maybe as right. it spreads inland, maybe they were a little behind the times. There definitely were some like elements that looked familiar from the era, but... I've never heard of a slam spin. I've heard of slam dancing. Oh, yeah. But never heard of slam spin. No. I'd have to ask my aunt because, you know, she's 10 years older than me, so she would know. All right. Well, see if you can find out about the slam spin. Okay. <laughs> I'll see if I can reach out. But we did, however, have a song playing during the slam spin. Mm-hmm. And it was not credited on the episode, but thanks to uh, someone who posted a trivia on the IMDb page, it actually is a real song. A song by Devo, written by Mark Mothersbaugh. And it was called Uncontrollable Urge. Oh, really? 
Yes. Devo, when a problem comes along. You must whip it. Yes. <laughs> and Or spin dance it. <laughs> yeah, or definitely spin, to spin, spin dance. So, and I wasn't sure, like, because I sometimes, you know, when they put uh, shows on streaming, if there's a licensed song, they'll, like, take the song out and put, like, you know, just whatever generic song. So I wasn't 100% sure, although I have it on the DVD, so it's more likely to be the original, but sometimes they change it out there, too. But I did look up the Devo song and confirm it was the song that was playing on the episode. Oh, nice. Okay. That's interesting that they got a Devo song and then they didn't credit it. You would think that Devo would be like, hey, just at least throw us a shout out, you know, give us the credit. Yeah, you would think. But I feel like in older TV shows and movies as well, like credits for things were a little looser, you know. I mean, yeah. They probably paid to license it, but just, you know, this, the credits go by so quick, nobody's actually, like, looking at it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I should have watched the credits a little better. I always end up finishing my notes at the end, and so then I'm, you know, I'm not paying as close attention. Well, according to this, it was uncredited. I didn't see a credit for it in there, so. Interesting. Well, I guess that problem came along and they whipped it. They did. That's right. <laughs> Whip it good, yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is is you know that reference though so you killed it good job i do i and there are some pockets of pop culture from you know once upon a time that i have missed out on over the years but there are some that i'm very aware of so <laughs> nice devo for whatever reason like is on my radar tell me that dance doesn't remind you of, like you know when all the little peanuts uh like the charlie brown you know and they're all do- doing the dancing at like christmas time and you kind of see them like put their arms up and they're you can't really see me, I know, but, you know, they're waving their <laughs> hands around, and I'm like, that's exactly the way that they were dancing. It, it was very cartoonish, for sure. <laughs> yeah. The 80s was wild. It was the best of times. It was the weirdest of times. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la! When they first are playing uh, Scrabble, and, and Alex is like, Dad, help me! And he's all, Jennifer, pack your bags. And he's just so deadpan. I love Steven <laughs> so much. And then at one point in that same scene, Jennifer and Alex are arguing, and she's all, calm down, potato head. And Alex is like, you haven't called me potato head since you were four. You know, I'm a college man now. Show me some respect. And, of course, Jennifer goes, all right, calm down, Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. There's a couple of cringy parts, like when Alex walks into the room of all the young ladies, and he's like, all right, I'd like to toast all you young ladies in here, especially the <laughs> ones that aren't in a serious relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he said he drove several of them home. <laughs> yes. And then uh, well, he goes, you know, I have to take them to the door, and then I go inside and get a cup of coffee and collect for gas. I was all. I mean, there was so many more, but I would just have to tell you the whole episode. You've gone over a lot of the great Scrabble stuff. I just enjoyed all of the different, like, fake words. Oh. I thought it was funny that at the beginning, Jennifer was trying to make a word, and she said her letters she had were X, Y, G, Z, and Q. Right. And then the word that she wound up spelling was cat, <laughs> which does not have any of those letters in it. So No. So where'd she, where'd she find those other letters? I mean, I guess that's only five letters, so it's possible she had others. But then there's a lot of other letters she could have used if she had the words, the letters to make cats. So I don't know. Yeah. Not sure what happened there. But I love, like, you know, Zoquo being Steven's fake word. <laughs> and I don't know. I've got at least two. I'm sure there's others. But two, like, famous and favorite fake Scrabble words, like, that come to mind. Mm-hmm. One is from The Simpsons. 
And I'm not like a huge Simpsons fan. Like I, I think I watched like the first couple of seasons, and that's probably what I've seen the most of. Like you know, it's it's fun, and there's I've seen stuff here and there. But there was a great early episode where you know they're doing Scrabble, and Bart makes up a word, and the word is Quidgybo, and Homer's like, oh, that's not a real word. And he says, yes, it is. And he's like, what does it mean? And he said, it's a large, dumb, balding North American ape. <laughs> you know, like he's talking about his dad, right? Quidgybo. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that one always killed me. And then in Seinfeld, there's an episode where Kramer's playing Scrabble and he makes up the word quone, Q U O N E. And they're like, that's not a word. What does it mean? And he's like, oh, it's like, it's uh, like calm a patient, you know, like it's a medical term. Like, oh, you got to quone the patient. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I just think this one goes up there, but this one was before either of those. So it was, you know, but all kind of in that same probably five or six years of great fake Scrabble words. So Zoquo is up there with Quidgybo like, and Quone. Right? That one's real good. Zoquo. good. Plus mm. Ushnu. <laughs> when Stephen tells Alex to use it in a sentence and Alex rattles <laughs> off the sentence about, you know, after... After he's so close, he likes to ushnu and and then he just lays back and he smiles and his dad's all, yeah. hmm, well done, Alex. <laughs> uh, I just love how passionate they all were about Scrabble all of a sudden. And like when uh, Jennifer takes Andy away and, and Alex is desperate for someone to play with him he, and Mallory comes in, he's like, Mallory, come on, I'll, I'll give you, you can use rock groups, you can use slang words, I'll even let you use misspelled words, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just typed in Zoquo and in the Urban Dictionary it says from the Greek meaning water sports. I'm going down to the Y to Zoquo my brains out. And then they <laughs> they give credit to Stephen Keaton, October 6, 2008. Kind of That's a weird amazing. time frame. I sc- Isn't that what Jennifer said? I'm going down to the Y to Zoquo my brains out. I think so, but Stephen gets the credit. That's great. Zoquo. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Well, family ties. Yep. Trendsetter. I also like, too, and I mean, as a person who plays games and has played Scrabble before, Jennifer and Alex are in the midst of a game, and Steven wants in, and he says, deal me in, and then he jumps in, grabs a bunch of tiles, and, like, starts playing mid-game. I'm like, that's not how Scrabble works. Like, No. You don't just start playing partway through the game, and first of all... Even if you were going to do that, there's no way you're going to win because you're, like, way behind at that point. Oh, yeah. If they're halfway through the game, I mean, they could be up, you know, 100-plus points, 200-plus points. Yeah. I also love that Alex, like, hoards the use so that someone can't <laughs> use a Q. Man, there was just so much good Scrabble action in this episode. Right? It was hot and fast. It really was. <laughs> Okay, so Heidi was laughing at me because when we play Monopoly, and we haven't played in years because I kind of set her off one time, <laughs> I take I take the money that I'm given from the bank when you start the game, and I put half of it behind me. And she said, you can't do that. And I said, well, why not? And she said, well, you can't have a savings account for when you find a property that you want to buy. And I said, but why not? Because read the, the instructions. There's nothing that says all my money has to be visible for you to see at all times. And I can't make you think maybe that, you know, I have less than I do. And she, <laughs> that didn't go over well. So she, I don't think, has ever played with me again. Just us, the two of us <laughs> since. So, <laughs> Well, what about, though, if you land on income tax, you have to do a percentage of your total assets. So if you're hiding money, 
I would totally pay all of it because I'm 100% going to follow that rule because that's a rule in the game. All right. But, but then at that point, everyone knows what you have. Yeah, but how many times do you land on the income tax? All the time. Well, not, I don't land on it all the time. But you would bring your money back around if you landed on income tax. Well, no. You know how much is behind you. You would just pay the income tax based on what the total is. Huh. All right. I mean, you might know like you've got, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars behind you. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, I can't fault you for like breaking a specific rule, but it's the spirit of the game, Keith. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, Heidi. Part two. <laughs> she thought she was going to assert dominance and, you know, be able to buy, you know, Park Place or something. And I'm like, not today. That's why the best version of Monopoly is a video game version. No, because then nobody can do that kind of stuff. Right. And it's all, you don't have to like mess around with it. You just push a button. Takes care of it. Phil, I thought you, of all people, would appreciate that uh, scenario the most. Well, I mean, I do, like I said, I understand the letter of the law there. But, I mean, in all seriousness, when you're playing games, like, we make up, not really house rules, but, like, guidelines for fair play so that everyone has the most fun while you're playing. Because, ultimately, that's the goal of the game. And if everyone has those same rules of conduct, and no one feels like anything's unfair. All I'm hearing, Phil, is that sometimes <laughs> you don't care about winning. Oh, no. So that's the thing. Like, I am brutal. I will never play easy. I just make sure that everyone has fun while I destroy them. There's a difference. <laughs> well, I was having a great time. And again, not breaking any <laughs> rules, Phil. Not breaking rules. It's true. Am it's I the, the only one? Now you're making me feel guilty about this. <laughs> I thought I'm it was just one saying of my I most probably would moves. fall on Heidi's side in this debate is all. Well, I hope one of the listeners will at least reach out and uh, back me up on this one because I right. feel like that's a, a perfect strategy. It's great. It's bailed me out of many bad situations where I was able to buy a property or, you know, you got to pay a fine and you don't have any money in front of you. And so they think, aha, I got you. And then you're like, oh, by the way, I got a little extra over here. Uh-huh. Well, let us know, dear listeners. Alex Bikini is my friend at gmail.com. Do you let Keith hide his money off to the side and pretend not to have it and then swoop in and have it? Or does he have to display it in front of you? Now, I would say you could have a separate pile for like your savings as long as it's visible, you know. So, are you like when you play Monopoly with the paper money, do you like have like, okay, here's my ones, my fives, my tens, like that? Or can you just have a pile? Because well, I think essentially you, could you have can't a pile. see a lot of it in the pile either. That's true. I would say I don't think you have to do it that way. It would drive me bonkers not to organize my money according to mm. the denominations. But I don't think that's a rule that you have to. So, mine are organized, but I do like to, again, I. I don't just keep, I kind of, there's a randomness to it. So that way, maybe there's a 500 slid in with, uh, you know, the the 10s. That just gives me like the heebie-jeebies and would drive me absolutely crazy. But then people don't suspect that you got another 500 because they don't see it at the bottom of the stack or the top of the stack or whatever. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's let our listeners weigh in here. All right. Please weigh in. Right. And please be on (laughs) Team Keith. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> or Team Phil and Heidi. <laughs> uh, the sad team, apparently. Oh, uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> you guys are worried about the, the right spirit team. of the game not winning the game. <laughs> well, it's winning, say I'll still beat you and do it in the in a spirited way. You know that's that's the thing. Wow, very competitive. I don't go easy, no matter what. We played hard against even like when our kids were very very little and they couldn't possibly win. Destroyed <laughs> them every time. And then make them feel but fairly. Ha. No, because then they know if you beat me, you beat me fair and square. It was not a pity win because I'm your dad and I let you win or something. You beat me. That means you won. Yeah. I, it's very I satisfying that way. Yeah. All right. Well, and you don't learn that... to play well if you're just being babied about it, you know. Oh, yeah. 100% agree with that. You play the game to learn how to play. And, you know, That's you're right. going to lose until the day that you don't lose anymore. Yep. Scrabble, though. <laughs> yeah, Scrabble. I'm not real good at Scrabble. I see. I love a good Scrabble. Yeah, my sister-in-law is. She loves Scrabble, and she is ruthless when she plays. Chanel can hold her own pretty well against me, and I think she'll probably claim she's beaten me a couple of times. But I usually win Scrabble. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> right? Do do you Zoko the your contestants? Your competitors? Oh no, I mean? no, mine are all above board. <laughs> But, you know, I read a lot, and I got a lot of random words in there. So. Right? Well, my brain is a little more addled, so, you know, <laughs> if I can get the letter placement in the right place, then I feel like I'm I'm uh, jamming. Well, it's not for everyone. I don't think Scrabble is fun for everyone. But if you do like Scrabble, I get the passion there. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sha-la-la-la! Well, the one other funny bit, and maybe my funniest or my favorite thing in the whole episode... It was just the most perfect line read is that, uh, you know, Mallory comes home. She was supposed to be out with her friend and her mom and they were going to go shopping. And instead they went off to, uh, you know, Allison and Elise went off to the museum and she comes in and, you know, Stephen and Alex are in the kitchen and she's like, yeah, mom, you know, mom and Allison went to the museum and Stephen's like, well, why didn't you go with them? <laughs> she's like, dad, they went to a museum. <laughs> <laughs> the way she said it, it was just—it was a perfect line read. <laughs> yes. I, I was dying at that. So. And you're like, "Good job." Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> nope. What was I thinking? Yeah. Silly dad. So, that was my favorite. That was perfect. I feel like you know it's nice that we we really haven't got this much Mallory since uh, she was going to get married. No, it was a good good Mallory episode. It's a good episode all around. Great episode. Sha la la la. Was there a moral to this episode? Well, of course there's a moral. There's probably quite a few. But the one that I came up with is you can't hold on to your feelings. You have to talk about them and work them out before you blow up. And you look bad in a room full of your college friends. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to move to another state. If you're going to have a meltdown, maybe wait till the sorority goes somewhere else first. (laughs) Exactly. And don't push past them afterwards. Probably several times throughout the run of the series, the... Just the moral of being a good communicator. So many of the problems that they experience on the show, it's just if they just talked it out first, you know. If she had mentioned at any point along the way, hey, I really feel like you're giving way more attention to my friend than me and it's making me feel bad, problem solved. Yeah, exactly. Or if Elise doubles down, then you know that you have a terrible mother. <laughs> That's right. That what we would have seen. But she was just oblivious. She just didn't realize. Didn't she even realize that she was hurting her own daughter's feelings. So communication is the key. It is. And don't accept a ride from Alex because it comes with too many strings. <laughs> That's right. 
And keep a Scrabble dictionary around if you play Scrabble with Steven. <laughs> yeah, apparently, because he's just going to make up words left and right. Although, I feel like now it's so much easier to check if a word is real or not. Like Zoquo, you know? That's a quick Google and you found the problem. Right, there's no Zoquo. But then sometimes they have, like, ridiculous ones. Like, if you actually play, you know, the online Scrabble or Words with Friends, that kind of thing, sometimes mm. they have really, really ridiculous words that are questionable as you know so they, they can get like a two-letter word in there oh xu ridiculous xu has gotten me a few times it's not a real word i mean i realize it's something but it is but I, I think you have to be able to pull the word out of your brain and have like at least an idea of what it means or its usage yes maybe you don't have to like completely understand it but at least give me an idea that this is a word you're spelling and not like oh scrabble lets me put xu in there <laughs> I don't don't think that counts. Not when you're playing in person. So I had a friend who memorized all the two-letter words. And so anytime that there was one of those, you know, the letters like an X or a P or a Q, the higher point letters, and there was a square where you could get, you know, double the point value or whatever, he would always do it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hate you so much. Because that's he would literally put one letter out and you'd be like, oh, that's 22 points. And I'm like, (laughs) Once again, you have to, like, have some sort of a – a mutual agreement ahead of time on what's going to be fun for everybody. Are we letting ridiculous two-letter words that no one knows the meaning of? Or are we going to play with, like, real words that you would actually use? Because if everyone agrees to it, it's fine. But, you know, you just got to establish that ahead of time. Well, we only played for, like, one semester, so it didn't matter anymore <laughs> after that. Okay. Yeah. Sha-la-la-la! Well, I think that our listeners could write as many words as they want to if they write us an email. And where would they do that, Phil? Well, I think they should write to us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. But you could also send us a message on Facebook. And you can make up as many words as you want. Tell us your highest Scrabble score. Ooh, yeah. Or your favorite fake word. We want to hear them all. So send us an email. Let us know. And I'm hoping that somebody at least backs me up and says, okay... Maybe that's not how I would play Monopoly, but I can see the beauty of that. Let's hear. Weigh in, folks. <laughs> weigh in. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. And we're on our way out this episode because this is the end. It is. It's been a good one. It's been a great one. Hey, Phil, we should do this again sometime. <laughs> Let's do it next week. Hey, that sounds great. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for being an excellent co-host once again. Well, thank you so much for having me, and it is always my pleasure. And thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. And we'll be back again next time on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is My Friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby, without us? Sha-la-la-la. One rep- uh, one rep- episode? A rep- episode? <laughs>